ECG customers to buy units for their meters through their mobile phone at any time. it is 2 a.m. in the morning and you have run out of units, you pick up your mobile phone, put in the digits, and the meter will come on and all of it will go. So, we will launch this on February the 18th by the grace of God. And, and I must add, you will also be able to buy units for someone else. So it's not just for you, uh, and so it will create problems for people. <laughs> you will get a call at 3 a.m. in the morning, say, brah, me units no asao, to be mommy. So we are going to create a new problem. <laughs> you know, but digitization is going to reduce a lot of inefficiency and make life easier for all our people and reduce a lot of corruption in the system. And this is what we are doing. We have linked the emergency 112 number with a digital address system. Uh, as you know, we have delivered uh, ambulances, one constituency, one ambulance, and we have linked all the ambulances. We can tell from the command center where each ambulance is at any time in the country, where each ambulance is. We've, we've also linked the ambulances to the digital address system. So if you use your Ghana Post DGS, GPS system to call the ambulance, the ambulance center will know exactly where you are, your address, your digital address, the exact location. And it is important that all of us get used to using the Ghana Post GPS because sometimes you may be in your home and armed robbers are attacking. You need to call the police, but you don't have time to explain exactly where your house is. Because it is maybe in some lungu lungu somewhere, right? That you have to, if you use your Ghana Post GPS to call 112 or the emergency button, immediately the command center will know that this is the address where you are calling from. And then the police will come there immediately. You don't need to explain anything. You just say, I need help. That's all. I'm under attack. So you, you do it. So we have linked the Ghana Post GPS with the emergency system and the ambulance system. And Ghana has now got a working ambulance system. In addition to help the ambulances, we have employed drones to deliver critical medicines and blood across many health facilities in the country. And Ghana today is the world's leading Drones medical supplier. The well, we are in the lead. The world's leading supplier of medicines by drone. It's a remarkable technology that is saving lives. Snake bites, you know, mothers giving birth in very remote areas. We are able to get to them and we will continue to, to do this. So ultimately,
digitization of the economy will improve efficiency and reduce corruption and de-risk the business environment. And for me, one of the exciting things about this digitization, because when I was at the Bank of Ghana as Deputy Governor, I kept you know, dealing with this issue. And we kept talking, how do we bring down interest rates? It's a big, big issue. The surest way to bring down interest rates is to formalize the economy. So that when you go to the bank, they will know your identity. You know, this is who you are. They know where you live. So there is no risk or the risk is minimized uh, in lending to you. So for me, when we digitize this economy, you will see interest rates also beginning to come down. And I'm very excited about this country. I believe that in another two to three years, the Ghana we are seeing today will be a very different Ghana. A very different Ghana. It's not long. Give us another two to three years. When we put all this together, it will be a new Ghana for you. And I'm very excited that the promise that Nana Akufuado made to modernize this country, we are in a, best, in a position to do so. Ladies and gentlemen, to allow access to the internet across public tertiary institutions and senior high schools, government has awarded the contract for the provision of free Wi-Fi to all senior high schools and tertiary institutions. There's so much knowledge. There's so much knowledge on the internet and we have to allow our senior high schools to access that knowledge. And we promise free Wi-Fi, and we are going to deliver free Wi-Fi to all senior secondary schools. So the program is going to kick off this year. The program will kick off this year, and an initial set of tertiary schools and senior high schools will be the, the kicking off, including KNUST, by the way. Uh, you will be in the initial set of, of schools. I want, once we are talking about senior high schools, I want to talk a little bit about free SHS. <laughs> Dr. Yaojuchum is here. He's the master, but he has taught me a few things. I will say, um, I must say, and, yeah, and uh, Dr. Matthew Napo and his deputy, they've done an excellent job on free SHS. And yeah, Dr. Yadukim. Ladies and gentlemen, the empirical evidence is very persuasive that the key to economic transformation is human capital, not natural resources. There are many countries with natural resources, but it hasn't helped them in any way. The evidence shows that what matters is human capital. This is why President Nana Kufuado has placed an emphasis of making sure that every Ghanaian child, regardless of the financial circumstances of the parent, will have access to free high school education. This was the promise we made prior to the election in 2016. And it is a promise that we have fulfilled. I must say that the free SHS policy is the most 
significant social intervention program introduced in Ghana since independence. There's no doubt about it. Since independence is the most significant. We are investing for the future. We are investing and building capacity for the future of this country. And we have to think about the future, not about ourselves. However, in introducing this free SHS, we had a big challenge. We did not have sufficient infrastructure in most schools to accommodate the increased numbers. The free SHS has resulted in a 69% increase in enrollment. 69% in enrollment. Many of these students would have been sitting at home. Today, 1.2 million children are benefiting from free SHS. The question that we faced when we tried to implement this free SHS policy, the question that we faced was, if we don't have enough infrastructure, how can we tell whose child should stay at home and whose child should go to school? Who should stay at home? In response to this challenge, we introduced the innovative double-track system as a temporary solution to the problem while we construct new schools. The thinking here with the double-track system is very similar to how our churches have the first service and the second service and the third service with the same building. <laughs> because the church has been built, but the people are many. So all of them want to come and hear the word of God on Sunday. So should we say to people, I am a tenafier, or can we say you come for first service, you come for second service, you come for third service, and all of you will hear the word of God. So this is our innovative solution and a temporary solution to a problem that we face. We'll say, okay, let's leverage our existing schools. Some people will come at one time, go home, and another set will come. We are not saying this is how it's going to be, but this is the temporary solution whilst we build more and more schools to do this. So it, I will say that it is better to educate a child even under a tree than to let them be sitting home. It's better to educate a child. Because if we have said that they should not be, we, sh we should not do double track, it means we could not have implemented three SHS. We would have been saying, let's wait to finish them. In fact, if you apply the same logic, national health insurance, we couldn't have implemented. Because we would have said, let's wait and build all the hospitals before we implement national health insurance. It was introduced in 2003, but even today in 2020, we are still building hospitals. But we have to make a start. And this is why Nana Kufuado said, let us implement this double track, let us build the schools, and in good time, they will replace the double track system with a single track for everybody. 
those who are criticizing the double track system have not been able to offer one alternative. Not one alternative. They are just saying, I will abolish the double track. But they won't tell you what they are going to replace it with. And they cannot tell you because abolishing the double track means abolishing free SHS. That is what it is. Because you have to be able to tell me. We can all reason. Tell me what you are going to do. They cannot tell us. They, up to now, they've been criticizing free SHS since 2008. Up to now, they don't have an alternative. So... This is why government is investing in the construction of schools and new infrastructure. And I must say, it was very heartwarming when we read about a request from the government of Kenya. The government of Kenya has asked our own good ministers of education to come and teach them how to make the double track work for their country. I know that Dr. Yaweduchum was there to give them a brief on what we are doing. And they have sent a letter requesting the Minister for Education, Dr. Matthew Opoku Prempe, to come and teach them how to do the double track system in Kenya so that they can leverage it. So let us appreciate what we have. We are thinking long term, um, but we are not going to compromise the, the education of our children. Ladies and gentlemen, we need a government that is committed to the free SHS system. A government that is prepared to commit the resources to finance it. Can we trust free SHS to someone who did not believe in it in the first place? Can we trust free SHS to someone who said it was a gimmick? Can we trust it to someone who said if he had Two billion Ghana cities, he would not spend it on free SHS. Can you trust free SHS with someone who says he would abolish the double track but has no alternative? We cannot take that risk. You can only trust the free SHS system with Nana Adodankwa Akufuadu. He's the only person you can trust the free SHS system with. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the key promises that Nana Kufuado made was to ensure that the poor are not excluded from access to infrastructure. This is the rationale behind the setting up of the development authority. And after just three years in office, there has been an a remarkable provision of infrastructure for the poor and de de deprived communities across the country. We have undertaken and are undertaking many projects that matter to the poor in our villages and communities, in addition to pro projects in the urban towns and cities. These include water, toilets, markets, school blocks, health facilities, police stations, and so on. The massive investment in water and sanitation infrastructure, for example, has resulted in a increase in the number of open defecation free communities from 410 in 2016 to over 4,700 communities by the end of 2019. This is major increase. 
We will outdoor, ladies and gentlemen, we've done a lot of work putting together the data on infrastructure because we want to show the country what we have done in every district and constituency in the country. We've put all this data together and it is just remarkable. I'm sure it will surprise a lot of Ghanaians. But today, we are going to focus on the data on our manifesto promises. By April in the next quarter, we will present the data on infrastructure, and it was going to be a very remarkable piece of data. So, ladies and gentlemen, this year, the president has said, is the year of roads. It's the year of Amuakuata, uh, the roads minister. <laughs> and I can assure you, that so much is put going on, the resources are being put together. Um, and Ashanti, you will see that this year is the year of Rose Ampa. Very, very soon you will see uh, that this year Ampa is the year of roads. We are mobilizing and, and, and a lot of roads, critical roads, are, are, have started uh, and we, we will be taking off very, very soon. And so, um, Let's be patient and you will see what we are doing. Let me now come to our manifesto promises. Ladies and gentlemen, it is clear that so much has been done in the management of the economy. But how has this translated into the fulfillment of our manifesto promises to the people of Ghana? In tracking and measuring our progress, after three years for each of these commitments in a way that is intuitive and easily understood by the generality of Ghanaians, we have adopted three metrics or three categories in assessing our manifesto promises. We have divided the assessment into three categories. One is promises delivered. These are promises we have fully implemented. So we have delivered on those promises. Then we have promises that we are delivering. So if you take a promise like free SHS, we have delivered on it. So we'll count it under promises delivered. Then there are those that we are delivering. We've started delivering, but we haven't completed. Like one district, one factory. We have started the process, we've created a number of factories, but we, have, we are ongoing, like one village, one dam, and so on. They have not yet completed the process, but we are on course. It is on track, and we are moving. And then there are those that are pending, or those that we haven't started work on at all, like the passage of the consumer protection law that we said we will do, we haven't yet done it. Ladies and gentlemen, we have tabulated a of 388 promises in our manifesto. That's quite a large number <laughs> in total. And what we are looking at for the overall score of our assessment, we are just looking at the raw count of the promises. Of the 388 promises, how many have you delivered? How many are you delivering? How many are you is, are, are pending? That is essentially the raw count. There's no weighting attached to each sector or anything. It's just the raw count of the promise. And I must say, and it is very, very important to note, that this is the first time 
in the history of Ghana that any political party has come to the people with an assessment of its promises to the people. No other party has done this. This is the first time this is happening.